Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection Podcast. On today's episode, I have longtime Fences for Fido volunteer, Jennifer Adams. Stay tuned to hear about how Jennifer became involved with Fences for Fido and what the organization does to assist dogs that are currently spending most of their lives on a chain. Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection Podcast. If you are a Portland pet parent, then you have come to the right place. This podcast connects you to Portland-based pet businesses, services, and nonprofits. You get to hear their story and what they're doing in the Portland pet community. If you love this podcast and want to connect to other pet parents in the Portland area, head on over to our Facebook group and join in on the fun. And now, your host, dog photographer, donut connoisseur, whiskey lover, and Sherlock fan, Kim Hoshel. Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection Podcast. On today's episode, I have Jennifer Adams of Fences for Fido. Hi, Jennifer. How are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well. So tell everybody a little bit about what Fences for Fido is all about. Well, the main mission of Fences for Fido is to build fences for dogs that are 24-7 or close to it chained outdoors. And we also build dog houses for these dogs and we provide free spay and neuter for these dogs. So they can be chained, you know, 12 hours or so, or, you know, we look at it as most of the day, these dogs could maybe be brought in at night, but if they're chained all day long outside, we would like to get them off the chain. So we mm-hmm. come in and build a fence for them. Um, so who um, actually started Fences for Fido? It was started by a group of mostly women. There was one guy and they just had a, a goal of unchaining one dog per month. And that quickly grew to to lots and lots of dogs per month, many dogs in, in their first year. I think they, yeah, like I said, had a goal of just one dog per month, but right off the bat, they just um, just grew like crazy and became, became what it is today. Oh, wow. So what was yeah. the inspiration? Had they had experience with that prior? Had they worked for rescues? How did that come about? Well, I think, you know, you just, all of us have seen that sad chained dog that just breaks your heart, whether it's, you know, out in the country, you maybe see a chained dog when you drive by out in a rural area or maybe in the city and you just always kind of think, you wonder, is there anything I could do for that dog? And, and these group of folks just thought about it and wondered about it and came to the conclusion that, well, what if we knocked on the door and offered them a fence? And like I said, they kind of had the goal of maybe we could do this once a month or so and just got up their nerve and knocked on that first door and and did it and made it happen for that that first dog and that first family. And, and it just went on from there. 
Wow, that's amazing. So how long has Fences for Fido been around? 11 years. Wow. Um, so I'm sure not everybody understands the, um, the problems with chaining a dog up and what happens to the dog um, psychologically and emotionally. Could you talk to that a little bit? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we all know what a, a member of the family our, our dogs are, and it's just really, really hard for a dog to be chained outside like that. And not to mention they're, they're vulnerable to predators and, you know, sometimes they, yeah, they can bust off of their chain and then they're running loose and, um, it's just bad in so many ways. And, you know, when, when we build the fence, we make it part of the agreement that the fence if possible, attaches to the house on both sides of a back door. And we do that because we're hoping that will make the dog become more a part of the family. And even if there's some reason that the dog can't be let into the house, at least, you know, when the people come and go out the back door to feed the dog, or, you know, maybe that dog is going to feel at least a little bit more a sense of being part of the family. So... Yeah, yeah, because they are they are uh, they definitely want to be members of the family and interact with their humans. That's right. But I was reading too on your website that they're uh, that dogs are more prone to biting if that the if they're on chain for a long time. Oh, absolutely! They feel mm. vulnerable, and you know, and they're they're afraid, and that's just not the way that they're meant to live their life. Yeah, and I'm no. sure they they don't have that human interaction, so they don't quite get it. They start to lose that feeling. Right. They're not socialized, and sometimes they don't even have really adequate shelter. And Right. So um, do you help educate the family when you put up the fences and give them the doghouse? Yeah, we definitely do. And, you know, and we we do it with no judgment. You know, we... We offer them training help if if they'd like that. And we try to find out why it is that the dog isn't allowed in the house. It might be something as simple as, you know, there's just some issues with that they need some help with learning how to train the dog. And, you know, and we we can help with that maybe. And so, um, yeah, we just do everything that we can to try and figure out what's going on and help them in, in whatever way we can to, to see if the dog can at least be brought into the house. You know, maybe if not while they're at work, maybe the dog still needs to be outside, but you know, if we've built a fence, then the dog is going to be better off, but maybe the dog can be brought in in the evening and, you know, just work with them to see if we can make that happen. Yeah, that's great. So uh, is there any other support that they receive after they get their fence? Oh, absolutely. We we always stay in touch and give them our phone numbers. And especially with the pandemic, we've bought, brought uh, dog food to our clients and, you know, and um, right. There's, you know, and there's always this little chance that, you know, maybe the fence will need some repairs or they might need some emergency vet care, or we definitely always stay in touch with our clients and we're always there to help them when they need us. Now, how, how often is it that the 
that the client ever says, you know what, I just, I can't keep the dog or like, do you ever look, get into a situation where you're looking and it's like, this is not just, you know, maybe needing to learn a little bit more, fix some issues where it's like actually abusive. Like, how do you handle that situation? Yes, our clients have definitely surrendered their dogs to us, you know, which is sometimes a really hard decision for them. Sometimes they've reached out to us asking for a fence and in talking about, you know, that and where a fence might go in their yard, we we and they kind of come to the conclusion that they should, you know, just maybe surrender their dog to us. We have partnerships with uh, different shelters and you know, and, and, uh, sometimes that is the best option for the dog. We, um, you know, work with a shelter to, to rehome the dog. And that has definitely happened. Or sometimes we'll work with a family and they've, maybe their dog has just had puppies. And so, you know, we may rehome the puppies. Um, so yeah, that, that has definitely happened. That, that would be a, a difficult conversation to have with somebody, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, they love their dogs and sometimes just don't have the resources to keep their dogs. And that's that's really tough. But, you know, sometimes it's I respect them for making those those tough decisions for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, because it's not always easy to do the right thing for the dog because of your own feelings, you know. Yeah. Um. So what... Um, areas do you uh, service? Well, we've got uh, different chapters. Let's see. We work all the way from the coast in Washington. We work up around the Long Beach Peninsula in uh, yeah in Washington. And then we work uh, down through Astoria and the Oregon coast down through, oh, let's see, like Tillamook and Lincoln City, down through Walport, Newport. Um, and then we work, uh, let's see, around Olympia area in Washington and down I-5, um, all the way down through Central Oregon. We've been working a lot on the Warm Springs Reservation. I'm jumping around. Um, <laughs> But let's see, we're just starting a chapter in Eugene, Oregon now. And um, yeah, so just we're kind of branching out and we've got um, chapters all around uh, Oregon and Washington. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So now, how do, you, how do you find the dogs that need help? Well, there's a few different ways. Oftentimes, the clients will reach out to us through our website, um, and uh, people, anyone can go to our website and um, report a chain bug anonymously, um, and we, we will knock on the door and talk to the um, the dog owner and, and make the offer of offense to them, and we will keep the reporting party um, anonymous. We don't tell them um, who reported. Sometimes that can be um, people who work in the area. We'll have delivery drivers report to us of chain dogs that they see, um, you know, garbage carriers, um, mail carriers. Yeah, people like that. Um, or just people who, you know, on their commutes see chain dogs. Those of us who volunteer, you know, 
we're still looking for the telltale signs. Mm -hmm. We call it a crop circle. You know, we see the little bare patch of dirt. You know, I can just spot it a mile away. I see that bare patch of dirt and I know what that means. And I see an igloo. I just like turn the car around (laughs) and head back. And, you know, I'll just, I've got the paperwork in my car and I'll knock on the door and, you know, the people about what their dog's situation is. And, you know, if that dog is, is chained more than a certain amount of hours per day, maybe and get them on the schedule. So yeah, Have so you ever- basically those three ways are how we, yeah, find out about the dogs. Now, have you ever had somebody say, no, thanks. I don't want a fence or. People do say that. And, um, you know, we just, kind of keep talking to them about it and, um, you know, just tell them about the benefits of the fence. And I can sort of understand why someone might say no right off the bat. It's, you know, it's not often that you get an offer of something for free that truly is free. And, you know, we maybe just need to show them some of our testimonials or, you know, links to the website and just really kind of prove to them that it really is for free. And um, yeah, maybe just uh, give them some more reasons their dog would be happier. And um, maybe maybe bring them a dog house and say, see, look, this is for free. And um, yeah, just kind of let them know that there's no strings attached. <laughs> and uh, they usually end up coming around. Yeah, because I'm sure it's like there's so many scams out there that they it's hard to believe that someone's offering to do something for free. So um, exactly, I saw, I saw on your website too that you all were um, instrumental in helping get the Oregon's anti-tether law passed. Could you tell me a little bit about that law? Yes, there is now a law that says um, it's illegal to tether your dog for more hours in a 24-hour period. So that's that's great. That um, you know, sometimes if someone is uh, has their dog chained 24/7, which we do see, we can say to them, you know, I wouldn't want to see you trouble for this and it is against the law what you're doing so let's just build you a fence and because oftentimes the neighbors will call animal control on someone who has their dog chained 24 7 Mm -hmm. and so this allows us to kind of come in and be the good guy you know we're not animal control we're not affiliated with animal control but we can come in and say look just let us build the fence. Let us bring this really nice doghouse, and everybody will get off your back, and your dog will be happy, and and you won't be breaking the law. So, kind of allows us to be good cop, if you know what I mean. Right. Exactly. You're you're offering them a way out from from uh, disobeying a law. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I also noticed that the that the houses that you build are um, are built are built in conjunction with a youth program. What's that about? Right. 
Yeah, um, McLaren Youth Correctional Facility builds our dog houses, and that's a great relationship. It um, it teaches the the boys out there to use um, a machine. It's called a CNC machine. It's a really complicated machine. I believe it's used a lot for cabinet making, mm-hmm. um, and they make our dog houses using that machine, which teaches them how to use that. And then, um, and then down the road, they have that skill. Um, so yeah, it's a really nice relationship with them. They also paint our dog houses. And so, um, yeah, so we go out there and, um, and pick up our dog houses from them and, um, and they load our truck with the dog houses and, yeah, we've been working with them for quite a few years now, and it and it's really a win-win for us and them and the dogs. And yeah, they're they're really great guys to deal with. That's an amazing partnership. Yeah. So is. now, so what are the long and short-term goals? I saw that um, you it mentioned Unchained Planet. Yes, we are helping other groups to get started um, with doing what we do. And we have actually flown out to a few different locations to help groups get started. But of course, we're unable to do that these days. But we're just helping the best we can, um, just communicating with them, you know, online and lots of phone calls and you know, everything we can without going there. You know, I send them doghouse plans and, um, yeah, and phone calls and giving advice about just, you know, kind of everything and and, um, working with groups that are getting started. So you're just helping them get it all set up and the logistics of it so that they understand how to do it? Right. Just logistics in sort of every, every way from, you know, things about like, oh, how do you attach fencing to a house? What's the best kind of hardware to use to when somebody says they don't want to spay and neuter, how do you talk them into it? I mean, just all these little things that can come up, you know, which, you know, what do you really say? We're all just brainstorming no matter how long we do this these problems, different little things pop up. So we're, you know, it's, it's always just a brainstorming game anyway, but um, yeah, just, just, you know, talking these people through things as, um, as they're getting off the ground. Yeah, I'm sure it'd be nice to have a network so that people can address, you know, like logistics of like getting product, you know, getting fences, getting dog houses. How do you talk to people? Cause like you said, things do come up. that you don't expect (laughs) like COVID. Yeah. Right. So, um, how can the public help you? Well, I guess I would say we, you know, we always need volunteers. We always need money. We always need to, you know, know about a chain dog. Certainly if you see a chain dog somewhere, go to our website and let us know. Um, just um, ideas, just, you know, networking, just be in touch. Um, yeah, just um, we're always 
fundraising. I mean, I wish I could say that we have our big fun galas like we used to. That's all on hold. We that'll be back someday. You know, we're um, pl- sort of planning for down the road for doing that again. But um, you know, every little donation certainly helps. We had a virtual fundraiser just a couple months ago. A, month ago, I guess, that was really fun and really successful, but always, you know, every little donation helps through the website. Um, And we're still doing builds. Um, We are doing our builds these days with chain link panels for the most part. Um, So our builds don't need quite as many volunteers, but we're still doing builds just about every Saturday. So you can always go to our website and look at the list of builds that are happening. So, um, you know, we do our builds with usually just about six volunteers, but, you know, can always go to a build and or uh, go to the website and sign up for a build. That sounds fun. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go on there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The builds are fun. They, they really are. They're quick, you know, a couple hours and the dogs get off the chains and yeah. Yeah. Just to see that dog's face when they get to run around free for the first time. Oh, believe me, it never gets old. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. Yeah. So now how did you get involved with the group? Well, I started with the group. um, Gosh, it was uh, just a few months after the group got started, I was watching, it was New Year's Eve, actually, and I did not go out. I was watching TV and watching, you know, the midnight sort of uh, ball drop or whatever. And there was a little, a little news segment that came on. And I think it was something about like, are you looking for something neat to do this year? Like a a cool sort of volunteer type of thing. And it sort of caught my eye, like, okay, tell me more. And um, I had my couch with me and, and it was a little blurb about fences for Fido. And I just, oh, it just thought that is the coolest sounding thing ever. And I remember that the next upcoming build was January 9th. And I went to it and it was just like cold and rainy and nine o'clock in the morning. And um, yeah, you know, I was like a little bit early because I didn't want to be late. And all these cars started pulling up and tears started rolling down my face. Even as the cars were pulling up, I just thought, ugh. The mothership has landed. Like, these are my people. (laughs) Everyone's like in rubber boots. And it was like, I just thought, okay, this is it. These, you know, and then, I mean, oh, and then when the dog got off the chain and started, you know, oh, and that dog had a chain harness on him that had literally worn his fur off. And we had to cut that harness off with bolt cutters. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm not kidding. I never looked back. Between, like, loving the people and cutting that dog's harness off with bolt cutters and then seeing him, like, just tearing around that yard first time in his life, I never looked back. I was just, that was ten and a half years ago. And 
Yep. That's my story. I'm still, you know, it's like, it's Hotel California. You can never leave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure you get hooked on the adrenaline of, of seeing that dog be so excited to be free. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there are moments that it's like a little rough to see what the dog, you know, the dog's situation that it was in. But then, you know, when we all leave, that dog is just sitting there looking at us through the fence with a big smile on its face, doing the slow tail wag like, oh, it's all you know, it's just going to crawl in its doghouse, the crossed paws and, you know, be sleeping warm that night. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. That's awesome. So do you have any pets? I do. I have my little, my little girl named Lillian. And what kind of dog is is Lillian? She's a, She's a mutt, a mix, um, probably a little bit of pit because she's kind of got the cheekbones. And I think most mutts probably have a little bit of pit in them these days. But she's just all black. She was a last puppy giveaway, the runt of the litter. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now she's very well loved. She sure is. Yeah. She turned nine the other day. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have a 10 and a half year old myself, so. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. So is there anything else that you would like uh, the audience to know before we go? Well, gosh, just that, you know, I, I feel like Fences for Fido, as far as volunteer work, it's really the whole package. It's, you know, it's fun. It's rewarding. It's, it's great camaraderie. It's great exercise. It's outdoors, which, you know, it's, it's good volunteer work for the pandemic, you know, and, and otherwise it's, but um, yeah, it's just, I I really love it. And um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm thrilled that I found it or it found me or, but I, I feel really lucky to, to be a part of it. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming on and letting us know what Fences for Fido is all about. Well, thank you so much for having me and and letting me tell you about Fences for Fido. (laughs) And I will be sharing the website and all your social links and everything on the episode notes so everybody can find you and volunteer and donate and do all those wonderful things. Well, fantastic. Thank you. Well, thank you. Have a wonderful day, Jennifer. Okay. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. If you love seeing cute photos of pets and connecting with other pet parents and businesses in Portland, let's continue the conversation in our Facebook group. I would love to hear about your pets, answer your questions, and get suggestions for what you want to hear on the podcast. I'll see you in the PDX Pet Connection Facebook group.